0: Welcome to The Crystal Payne Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to my first ever podcast. I am thrilled that you're joining me on this brand new adventure. Today, I'm going to be introducing you to the why behind the podcast, telling you what you can expect each week when you tune in, sharing some practical ideas that are helping our back-to-school transition go more smoothly. I'll be talking about a book I finished recently and really loved. I'm going to be bringing my husband on as my first guest to share how we met and fell in love, something that so many of you have asked me about, and then I'm going to be answering one of your questions— Yes, you might be thinking, wow, so much to cover here. How long is this podcast going to be? Well, believe it or not, I hope to do it all in less than 30 minutes because I know your time is valuable and many of you have told me that you prefer for podcasts to be no longer than 30 minutes. And I'm right there with you. So let's see how this goes and let's dive right in. First off, why this podcast? Why The Crystal Pain Show? Well, the idea was actually birthed over four years ago. Yes, I've been waiting quite a long time to start this podcast, which if you know Enneagram 8 personalities, you know that that is saying a lot because we usually just dive right in and do whatever we think of. But I went to the platform conference hosted by Michael Hyatt, and there Cliff Ravenscraft, who, if you've heard of him, he's known as the Podcast Answer Man, spoke about how podcasting can be such a valuable way to connect with your audience and build a new audience. Well, I was sitting in the audience saying, of course, I have to do a podcast. I mean, this sounds amazing. But then I looked at my life and everything on my plate, and I realized this was just not the time and season. So I have been patiently and a little impatiently waiting for over four years until I had the margin in my life to make this a reality. And the time is finally here, and I am so excited. My tagline for this podcast is helping you embrace right where you are right now and giving you practical steps to get where you want to go. My hope is that through this podcast, it's going to serve as an inspiration to your week, a pause in your day to slow down and reflect a little, a looked forward to part of your weekly routine, a place where we can connect on a deeper level, and really, my hope is that you come away from listening to each episode feeling motivated to bloom where you're planted and take intentional steps to move in the direction you're longing to go. Now if you're new around here, I wanted to take a minute to introduce myself. So first off, it's the Crystal Payne show, so I'm sure you can guess that my name is Crystal Payne. I'm a recovering people pleaser who is learning to live authentically and embrace my Enneagram 8 INTJ personality instead of hiding it for fear of offending people. I've loved Jesus since I was young, but it's only been in the last few years that I've discovered the beauty and richness and freedom of the gospel and how it really impacts my everyday life. I met my husband, Jesse, when I was nine, and we both got married when I had just turned 21, and we'll be telling you more about that story in a little bit. We've been married for 15 and a half years, and we're polar opposites in so many ways, and yet we're so good for one another. We have three kids. Catherine is 13, Caitlin is 11, and Silas is 9. They are truly the light of our lives, and they constantly keep us laughing and on our knees. We love trying new things as a family, traveling, watching shows, and playing games together. Also, you should know that sarcasm runs really strong in our household. Believe it or not, I gave up coffee two years ago. We should all just take a little minute, A little pause for that. I never thought that would be a statement I would say, and instead, I've become a huge tea aficionado. I love to read, and I'm currently reading an average of three books per week on good weeks. Not always, but most weeks. I always thought I'd be a stay-at-home homeschooling mom with a lot of kids. Jesse will tell you that I told him I wanted 12 kids going into marriage. Yes, and he still married me. Instead, we've struggled with secondary infertility, my kids are thriving in private schools, and we found that it's actually a better fit for our family for me to be the breadwinner. Blogging, inspiring others to live intentionally, helping people with practical ideas, doing live video, entrepreneurship, thinking strategically, and monetization are truly my heart passions, and I love that I get to spend my workdays focused on those areas. If you didn't know, I'm the founder of MoneySavingMom.com and YourBloggingMentor.com. As you might have guessed, I'm also passionate about saving money, especially when it comes to saving money on groceries, and I love to document my grocery shopping trips and deal scores on Instagram stories. I also love to keep things simple. I call myself a semi-minimalist. I drink a gallon of water every single day. I love working out, eating nourishing food, having breathing room in my day, and getting enough sleep. So that's a little bit about me. Now let's talk about this podcast. So the Crystal Payne Show is going to be a place where I can dive deeper into topics that are mostly non-finance and non-blogging related. You see, I talk a lot about blogging on yourbloggingmentor.com, and I talk a lot about saving money and money in general on moneysavingmom.com. I'm passionate about both of those topics for sure, but I have a host of other topics I'm also passionate about. So in each episode here, I'll be sharing a little about my everyday life, funny stories, practical tips, books I'm reading, products I'm loving, inspirational ideas and life hacks. Plus, most episodes, I will be bringing on a guest who has written a book I've loved or in some way inspired me with their life. And we'll be doing a short interview, having a conversation together. And then we'll close out each episode with a question and answer time where I'll answer a question from you, the listener. Each week, I'll start off the episode by sharing two things. First off, I'm going to share what's saving my life right now. Now, when I told this to Jesse, he was like, what does that even mean? So if you're kind of wondering, this could be a productivity tip or life hack, an app I'm using, an idea I'm trying out or experimenting with that's working well, something I've changed in my life that has made a big difference, or anything that's truly just making my life better. So I'll share that, and then secondly, I'm going to be sharing what I'm reading right now because so many of you love it when I talk about the books that I'm reading, and I love sharing great books and passing them along to hopefully inspire you to be a reader as well. So what's saving my life? Well, as I thought about this for this week, it really for me is our new school schedule. As our kids get older and they become more and more independent, yes, moms of littles, there is light at the end of the tunnel. They don't need me to help them get dressed or clean their room. They can pack their own lunches and fix a snack when they are hungry, but they still need their mom. It just looks a lot different than it used to. I'm learning that the best thing I can do in this new season is just to make myself available to them whether that's to help them with a writing project, to take them with me to run an errand, to look at funny memes on Pinterest with them, to watch their favorite YouTube videos, to play Fortnite with them. This has won me mega cool mom awards, by the way, or to just sit and listen to them. So how is this saving my life? Well, One big change we've made to our schedule this year is bookending per se, our day with time together. And this has truly been such a gift to our home. We start our mornings all driving in the car together to school drop-offs. We don't need to all go together. Just one parent could drop the kids off. But all being together has been such a special way to begin our day. So I read a chapter book aloud while Jesse drives, and then we just have time to talk And just check in and hear how everyone is doing, hear if anyone's anxious about something, and just connect as we begin our day. And then when the kids come home from school, I make sure my schedule is cleared so that we can just be together. And again, I'm available to them for whatever they need from 4 to 5 p.m. Even if we have things going on in the evenings, it means that we've started our day with time together and we've quote-unquote ended our day with time together. Now, to achieve this, I've had to make this a priority, so I make sure that I don't overpack my workday so I can get everything done from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., I also try to make sure that dinner is planned and ready before 4 p.m., whether that's putting it in the crock pot or making sure it's just ready to pop in the oven. I also communicate with the kids in the morning about what the plan is for the afternoon and evening, especially if we have plans after dinner, so that everyone comes home knowing what to expect. And then we try to plan something fun to look forward to when the kids get home and have their homework done. And it could be something as simple as just planning that we'll play a game of Fortnite together before dinner. Another thing that I've tried to do is on the nights when we don't have activities after dinner, I schedule one-on-one time with each child, and they get to choose what we do. This has truly been the best thing and it's just made our home so much happier and healthier and all of us just getting to spend time together and just feeling more connected. And that truly has felt like it's saving our life. A book that I'm reading right now, I actually just finished, it's called Sacred Rest and I Don't even remember where I saw this book. Maybe it was just one of those recommendations on Amazon. I'm not sure, but I'm so glad that I ended up picking it up because this book addresses rest from a very different perspective than other books I've read on this topic, and I've read quite a few. I loved how it wasn't just about getting more sleep or slowing down or taking a Sabbath. All those things are important, but this book really hit on some perspectives that I haven't heard addressed. This book is written by a doctor and her medical background shed a lot of wisdom and she talks about how being well-rested impacts all areas of our life. But what I really loved in this book was that she differentiated between the types of rest we need. She talked about physical rest, mental rest, emotional rest, spiritual rest, and then rest that I hadn't thought of, social rest, sensory rest, and creative rest. Now, I think we're all familiar with physical rest and mental rest and probably emotional rest and maybe even spiritual rest. But social rest, that was something that I realized— I struggle with and need to really make a priority and it makes such a difference in my life when I have the social rest and the sensory rest and the creative rest. So it helped me to understand why I can feel drained sometimes, even if I've been getting plenty of sleep. And I love the practical suggestions that she gives for ways to recognize which kinds of rest you're lacking in and how to get more of each kind in your life. My very first guest on my very first podcast is none other than my best friend, also my husband. He's going to be a regular on my show, actually, because so many of you are constantly asking me questions that I can't really answer on my own because, truthfully, we're such a team in how we live our lives. So in the future, we'll likely be bringing you episodes on budgeting and getting on the same page and communication and how the Enneagram can affect your marriage and date nights and working from home together and much more. But to kick things off, we wanted to give you some backstory. So we're going to begin by sharing how we met in this episode. Like I said earlier on the podcast, I actually met Jesse when I was nine years old. And it kind of feels like we've known each other for, well, forever. In fact, we were both laughing the other day about our first meeting that we both remember because we each had a very different perspective on that night. And I'm a little ashamed of my perspective, so I'll let Jesse go first and talk about his perspective. So Jesse, what do you remember about the first time that you met me?
1: Well, we were having dinner at a family's house at our, uh, go to our local church. Uh, we were new at going to that church, and our friends invited us over to their house to meet some other families. And your family was there, and I saw you and thought you were cute and wanted to sit next to you during dinner.
0: So he wanted to sit next to me during dinner. Isn't that sweet? Just cue all the awes. But, um, so what I remember of him is... Well, he was sitting on the couch and then pretty soon he was asleep. And I was kind of just Like, what is your problem, dude? Because you have to understand, we were going to this church where everyone homeschooled and was very conservative, and um, we didn't have television at our house, really. And we never watched movies, but we were at this family's house, and they had pulled out a movie, and we were all watching a movie. And he falls asleep during the movie? I was just like, who is this dude? And kind of thought that he was a bit of a jerk because I'm like, who falls asleep during a movie?
1: It's easy to fall asleep during a boring movie.
0: <laughs> it was an exciting movie for us. We didn't get to watch movies. But so Jesse actually came from a little bit of a different background because so I was in, you know, this homeschool family and um, his family was homeschooling, but because his parents had gotten divorced when he was, how old were you?
1: Two or three. Yes. Not and
0: sure. so then you were going back and forth between your mom's house and your dad's house. Yes. So fast forward a few years, and our families got to know each other better at church, but because he was going back and forth between parents, I didn't see him except for on the weeks that he was with his dad. And he was in public school, um, not being homeschooled, and he was, I don't know, he just seemed kind of snobbish or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm sorry. I just didn't have really great perspective of you. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's probably because I was a ladies' man too. You know.
0: <laughs> but as our families got to know one another, I started having a different perspective of him, and it really came when um, his he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And I remember this very distinctly because actually our family was watching your siblings while you went to the doctor's appointment where they found out you were having. Did you have an MRI? Is that? Cool?
1: I don't remember which appointment that was, but yes, I had both the CT and an MRI.
0: So I remember his stepmom coming back and just being all distraught because um, you were going to have to have emergency surgery. And so um, our families kind of walked through that together along with everyone else at our small church that we were at. And at the same time, then your mom was fighting her own battle with cancer.
1: Right. She had been fighting a battle and and ultimately lost the battle uh, after a couple years of uh, cervical cancer. And she passed away shortly after I had my first brain surgery.
0: And you were 12, no 11, 11 at that time. So I remember just watching him walk through that the surgery for his brain tumor knowing the possibility that he might have cancer and his mom dying and just really seeing something in him that I hadn't seen before and just seeing the maturity that he had as he walked through these really hard things in his life and um that he wasn't complaining even though i know that his the brain tumor there was a lot of pain in his recovery and and i just remember seeing that and thinking wow i have a different perspective of him so then after his mom died his dad got full custody of him so then he moved in with his dad full time and then started homeschooling so then it, i saw a lot more of him and i began to really kind of notice that there was some attraction towards him and saw him really trusting in the Lord as he was going through this, you know, what they thought at the time was cancer and you were maybe going to have to have radiation. Ultimately, your parents decided against the radiation, but the tumor came back.
1: Right. It was actually, it was a benign tumor. They always said it was a benign tumor, but it did come back. It grew and doubled in size in the space of a year and a half from what was left after the first surgery. His doctor got about 98% of it, and the, what was the residual grew back. So we scheduled a follow-up visit. Uh, the oncologist there in our town recommended radiation, and my dad just didn't feel at peace about that. So we decided to get a second opinion from an expert and a specialist and ended up going to Philadelphia. And he, there, he was able to get the rest of the regrowth.
0: And you were 14? 13. 13. So I remember that surgery much more than your first surgery because our families were close at that point. And you and I had had quite a few conversations and um, just had really seen you relying upon the Lord through that and having to trust Him. And um, we actually remember that I remember writing a note to you that, I think you still have that I note have that, that I wrote to you when you we were in hospital. We just got them here
1: recently. Cabuccio. But I
0: I misspelled your name. So you did. clearly I was not super enamored with you or detail oriented or something because especially
1: cuz you hate it when people do that now. <laughs> yes,
0: I've spelled it J E S S I E. So I was very impressed with him watching him walk through that and we just kind of built a relationship but we were going to a church where Dating wasn't allowed, and it was more of this courtship model where until you're ready to get married financially and you know, 20 or 21 or older than that, and, and out of school, and kind of know where you're going with your life and financially ready to get married, you don't pursue a relationship. So, we're 14, 15, 16, and becoming friends, but having to do it in really creative ways because. We didn't, couldn't really be seen talking to one another lest we sort of get in trouble for, for doing that, for pairing off or something. Or get made fun of. Or get yeah. made fun of from our, our many siblings. Or friends. So we got creative in the sense of um, we were both helping in ministries at the church, and our ministries kind of intersected. And so we would have to sometimes write notes back and forth about different things in the ministry or talk about that. And and we were very creative in how we wrote Bible verses that had to do with love and loving one another. And and I don't remember all the verses we used, but they were-
1: Creating each other with the holy kiss. We so did I not I, use <laughs> that verse.
0: We did not use that verse. But we were kind of dropping hints here and there, but never saying anything to each other other than our conversations were very much like, what's God doing in your life? What books are you reading? What can I pray for you? But we were developing a close friendship. right? And I knew that by the time I was 15, that I was very interested in you. And I think by the time I was 17, I had talked to my parents about it. They knew I was interested in you. And unbeknownst to me, they were praying about you and very interested in the possibility of, you know, us having a relationship and um, that would lead to marriage and your parents and you, that was also happening. Yeah.
1: We had been talking as well.
0: And they'd been praying about it. So our family didn't know and that your family was praying about it and your family didn't know that our family was praying about it and our families were still close friends.
1: Right. And we didn't know individually that the other liked the other.
0: Yes. Even though the verses and hints and all that, you've,
1: And everybody else in the church knew, but we didn't know. Yes, most
0: people had kind of clued in (laughs) at that point. So fast forward until we were, I think, so we would have been 17 and 18, 18 and 19. You know the numbers better than me. For what? For whenever you were going to leave and go to college.
1: Well, I was started college when I was 18 and went to a local school and went there for two years. And then I went away. The plan was to finish the last two years in Virginia. And so I was preparing when I was 20 to go ahead and and move out there in 2001.
0: And so at that point, I started becoming very fearful of, you know, the fact that I didn't know what you thought of me. And I was afraid that you didn't truly like me. We were just friends and you were such a nice person. And it seemed like girls really liked you. And I just thought as soon as he moves out there, he is going to find some girl and he's going to, you know, they're going to have a relationship and I'm going to be on the out. And I, so I, there was a lot of fear for me um, in that. And I just didn't know what to do because I was so attracted to you and interested in you and just you know thought you were just exactly who I wanted to marry but obviously I couldn't go up and say that to you because in our culture that would have been very, very inappropriate forward. Yeah. so I so decided forward in other ways. to get a little creative and um we were at a homeschool conference and I think you were you were going to be leaving and a few months. I think it would have been. Yes,
1: in. it was May and I would have been leaving in August.
0: Yes. And so I just thought, I guess it was like, it's now or never here. My Enneagram 8 kicks in. So I went up to you and I said, you remember more exactly what I said to you.
1: No, I thought you... Um
0: we were talking and I just remember something like I
1: was wanting to release me to go find some girl and that you would not have a problem with that and that you're okay with it.
0: Even though we never talked about any of this in our in our life. But right. I but I said, you know, when you go away, it was something like I, I I know you're probably gonna find a girl and and I just want you to know that I'm releasing you from what? I, actually, I don't know. I
1: think that you used that exact word. <laughs> I'm releasing <laughs> you
0: to find that girl. And I remember you looked into my eyes and kind of got all, like, you were not happy that I was saying this. And then what did you say? You told me last said, night. said, what if
1: I'd already found my girl?
0: Yes. And I knew at that point, basically, you know, you might as well just have asked me to marry you <laughs> because I realized, okay, okay, we're both feeling the same way here. And so that kind of got – set the ball in motion and – Very quickly. Yes. And then you went to your dad, I think.
1: Yeah, I think that night.
0: And said you were ready. You are ready to court me officially. Mm-hmm. And so then our parents met. And our whole courtship and engagement is a whole nother story with oh, yes. lots of interesting things, including the fact that we our first kiss was on our wedding and in front of all the people. And I didn't kiss him. And he kissed me. And he missed me and all that. But we will talk about all the courtship and engagement in our next episode that we do together so i want to segue from that and leave you hanging there so we can finish that story later on but let's talk about what's saving your life right now
1: honestly i I feel kind of bad because now that i heard what yours was in the schedule mine was kind of similar but it kind of is a testament to how much it's changed our life and that is our morning schedule and setting an early morning schedule where I get up and work out before anybody else gets up. And, and then we have the kids set on a routine of getting them up early. And we've got so much cushion in place that everything's we're really running very smoothly. And that's honestly probably the best thing that's going on right now.
0: Well, and just to speak to you and a testament to, you know, just how much I appreciate you and that you started that when I was in India and I came home and you guys already had this schedule all running and everybody knew exactly what the morning plan was and just went with it. And I just had to just jump right in. And it's been a really beautiful thing because of having that breathing room in the morning so that we don't, it's not a rush, rush, stressed sort of morning. And that's really been a blessing for
1: all of us. Considering, I mean, it has been rush, rush stressed in the Mm -hmm. past and it's nothing but horrific for the rest of the day.
0: Yes. We all start out on a bad, on a bad foot and then everybody's mad at one another and it just ruins the whole day pretty much. Okay. So what are you reading right now?
1: Actually reading uh, two different books. First is I'm reading a CrossFit level one manual for instructions.
0: An instruction manual, basically. instruction manual, basically,
1: for working out and doing CrossFit. I would
0: never read that kind of book, but I'm glad you enjoy that.
1: Uh, Maybe you should.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying I don't have good
1: form? form? (laughs) In a word, yes.
0: So you're reading it so you can help me get my form better? Yes. Actually,
1: that is one reason why I'm reading it.
0: Oh, okay. Thank you. News to me.
1: Yep. And then second book is a book called Sheep No More. It's a book on... Learning a different way of thinking and protecting what you have that's valuable in your, your, whether it be your family or wherever you may be, just being more vigilant. So it's written by a former FBI agent learning to think like someone that would maybe cause harm so that you can be a better protector.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jesse, for coming on my very first podcast with me. And I'm excited for us to be able to tell the rest of the story and have you as a regular guest all on Instagram. A bunch of my followers have already submitted questions and topics for podcasts for the two of us to do together. So I think we will have an endless supply for a very long time. However, if any of you have a suggestion of an episode that you would love for us to do together, please email it to me because we will definitely consider it. Like I said in the beginning, at the very end of every episode, I'm going to be picking a question from one of my listeners and answering that. And it could be a question on any kind of topic. So if you have a question that you would love for me to answer on the podcast, you can submit those to crystal at money saving mom.com. So today's question is from Melissa. She said, what would you tell your pre-married self on expectations, dreams, and desires? I thought this was such a great question, and truthfully, the first thing that I thought is I would tell myself that it's going to be really hard, a whole lot harder than I would have expected. And it's going to look a whole lot different than I had pictured, but it's going to be so worth it and so much better than I could imagine. Desi and I thought we were so in love the day we stood at the altar and said, I do. And We were. But truthfully, the hard things and the trials and the unemployment and the beans and rice years and the disappointments and the infertility and the victories and the successes and the failures and the sadness, all of it has made us so much stronger and so much more in love because we made the decision to keep choosing one another, even on days when we didn't like each other at all and marriage was just really hard. So, I would encourage you to just know that yes, it's probably going to be a lot harder than you can envision, but it can also be so much more wonderful than you could ever imagine. Thank you so much for joining me on today's inaugural episode of The Crystal Pain Show. For more information on products and books mentioned in this episode, visit crystalpain.com. And as always, remember that you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.